today's read a moment of silence midnight three by sister soldier chapter 24 in population 90 days in the box wish i had 90 more which gave niggas 99 reasons not to test me i went in as an ao that's what they called accused youth offenders super solid like steel mind clear as spring water my heated heart's temperature turned cold as ice i'm doing my murder walk to establish peace in my area it didn't take nothing for me to figure out that in this jail world of reversals the murderer gets top ranking these dudes with lightweight charges had to play invisible or either step aside or fall back dorm style in the youth house I'm in now. No walls separating bed from bed, no individual cell doors to slam shut, no privacy. Zoo style. One CO watched the cage through a thick plexiglass command center. The second CO did the rounds and of course he couldn't be everywhere at once. Besides our dorm area of 66, There were many young prisoners jailed in individual cells in the Robert Donovan Youth Building, where overall, there are more than 500 inmates. There were two corrections officers assigned to every group of 100. Get the fuck up. You on his bed, a Brooklyn dude who I never saw before said to some unknown cat lying on the cot I had used for one day only before the riot jumped off in the day room and I got boxed. The cat, who was lying down, looked up at the dude barking on him. Then he glanced towards me. He stood up and stepped away from my cot. He looked around the overcrowded room like a homeless beggar with no place to go. The dude, barking the orders, kicked the the stationary cubicle that was behind the bed. Take all that shit with you. Don't nobody want your photos of your stank-ass mama, the barber said. Now the dorm room of of the 66 males, side by side like sardines in a can, were all watching for him to pop. It's universally understood that a man who mentions any other man's mother in a foul way wants to fight. But the one who had been lying down who was now standing up with his back to me, just squatted and cleared out his cubicle. I didn't know yet whether to give him props for discipline during a heated confrontation or to count him as a coward. When he grabbed his notebook, his loose papers fell out, and so did some photos. He nervously collected them. I saw one. The woman in the photo was a face that is known to me, Rapidly rewinding through my mental file of faces, I swiftly realized the woman in the photo was from my Brooklyn block. She was a chick known for fucking and fighting a nigga named Mighty, which was short for Mighty Dollar. He was the leader of the cash crew. Some brash and ignorant thieves that robbed the same people they lived on the block with. My eyes bounced back onto the dude who was clearing out of my spot. He wouldn't look up, over, or directly at me. 
I quickly noticed that he couldn't look any man in the eye. When he stood and turned, I confirmed this. His fear was so strong it painted a black aura that framed his face, outlined his body, and shifted with every move that he made. Yep, I thought, this is the humiliated young kid from my block. The chick in the photo was the one the barker had called his stank-ass mother. The kid was older now, obviously. He was taller, physique broader, but still... His stance was weak, and his eyes couldn't conceal his cowardice, same as from his childhood. When I once peeped it back on our Brooklyn block, I had handed him a flyer for my dojo, suggesting that he start training immediately. I didn't say anything. Fear kept him staring at the floor. Instead, I was calculating how there would only be a few minutes or hours before the scared kid would be reclining and happened to notice that he'd seen me before. More importantly, he knew where I lived. Same place he used to live before he suddenly disappeared for a couple of years. And he had seen me with my Uma and my sister in the elevator and walking on and off the block from time to time. Crazy how a man can get locked up in an alternative world where he thinks he can be anonymous among strangers only to acknowledge what he already knew. That all the boys and men from his block check in and out of that same alternative world. Like people checking in and out of a cheap motel. Some for brief stays, some for long stays, some forever. Money, you good now, the barking kid said to me now that my cot was cleared. Hey, listen up, he shouted to the 65 others like he was somehow boss over our dorm. When Ayo come back from the box on a tier three, show him some respect, he ordered. Some inmates kept their heads down. Some nodded agreement. Most minded their business, but a random crew of familiar faces from the riot smirked at the barker and made subtle signals like they planned to get at him. I walked away from the cleared cot towards one that was open in the corner. It would be hard for the CO to see that cot because of how it was tucked beneath the radar of the command center. More importantly, I wasn't interested in sleeping with men side by side and above and beneath me. And I damn sure wasn't interested in no nigga preparing my bed for me like he was my bitch. Money, that's my spot, the barker called out his claim to me, but with no threat or force in his tone. Move then was all I said, calmly and straight-faced. Now he had 65 mouths laughing at him, standing over the corner cot with my arms folded in front of me. I told him, pack it up. Get gully for it, one of the smirking dudes called out to the barker. I could tell from the tone it was a challenge. I didn't say shit because I didn't know what get gully meant. From how each in from how each inmate eased up and turned in my direction like they was about to watch a showdown, I figured out get gully for it meant to fight for something you wanted to keep. 
Nah, 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 LaBarca said, swiftly canceling the setup for a fight. This man been sleeping on a hot steel slate all summer in the box. He deserves a good night rest, he nervously joked as he packed, turning from bully to clown. The 65 peeped his game, the smirkers signaling one another, acknowledging his defeat. A few laughing and some booing, even the frightened kid from my block, whose name dropped down into my head, had a hidden half-smile. He was named Leviticus. Being solid, solemn, and a man of steel in the Rikers adolescent dorm worked well for me. First night back in population, I only spoke four words. The evidence in my stance eliminated the need for me to talk. The others backed down voluntarily. That was for the best. If anyone presented me with the opportunity to get back in the box, I would snatch it. But it had to be under the right circumstances. Now that I believe that we were always being filmed, taped, and recorded, I had to remain mostly silent and use my fighting skills only for self defense. This way, when my lawyer researched the reason for my second trip to isolation, she would see an AO who was a good guy, not a predator. I understood my position. Until my manslaughter two plea deal was all worked out and signed off on, and until I understood fully how much time I would serve, I wouldn't let any of these AOs put me in jeopardy of an even more extended stay. Young men moving in a line like lions, a fifth of them real lions, four-fifths of them lions prey, and me, the black leopard. I was looking over my surroundings, scanning faces, monitoring movements, even the slightest gestures. I was at the front of the line from my dorm, leading the walk to the right of the line on the floor. I was the first to get searched, therefore the first to get served, and the first to be seated in the cafeteria as the CO shouted, 12 minutes, ladies, shovel it in, clean up, and move out. Then we'll let the next group of girls eat. You know the routine. No time for talking or touching. He called this out as he touched and talked nonstop. Fight, and you go straight to the box. Do not pass go. No commissary cookies, just tissue to wipe your ass. Maybe, he continued his rhythmless, rude rhyme. Now I knew that correction officer Gordon liked to call men ladies and younger men girls. He liked the sound of his own voice. His strategy was to keep each man on guard and aggravated and uncomfortable even while eating. But to me, all that talking was a cover-up of his false pride mixing with his real fears. I knew he could count. Must wreck his nerves to try to manage a hundred men at a clip without him even having a young and fit physique, or more importantly, a Glock like a real cop. 
three minutes in, and eight trays hit the tabletop, and eight youths dropped down and seated themselves beside and across from me. In a lowered voice, one of them said, This is the murder mayhem money table. Now, sixteen eyes were all on me. I didn't react. Then, two more trays dropped down. Good looking out, one of them said to me. I knew him. And I had snatched him out of the pileup during the riot and before he could get smashed with a chair or slashed with a shank. He was one of Daquan's five brothers. Him and his brother's names all sounded connected. Daquan, Dayron, Deleon, Deshaun, and Damon. The oldest one, Daquan, was the gunrunner from my Brooklyn block. He also sold me my first two guns when I first arrived to America, a 22 and a 9mm. Over the years, I bought bullets from him and even a silencer. None of it was a favor to me. He sold guns. I needed them. I paid full price, cold cash for every piece I purchased, starting out when I was real young, determined and eager to protect my Uma and my newborn sister in a strange and dangerous neighborhood. I was on my Brooklyn block one night about seven months ago when Daquan got caught red-handed and he and all of his five brothers' project apartment got raided. Weapons, weed, and sneaker inventory got seized and they each got cuffed and locked. Even the fifth brother of his, whose name I never found out, Daquan had later caught a murder charge on top of all them other charges. Now, his youngest brother... Deshaun, who was nine years young when I first fought him, was 16 and seated at my table at the opposite end of me. He'd bulked up solid and got his grimace right so he could be safe among the lions and leopards and taken as true. When I didn't answer him, he stood up, grabbed his tray, and walked to where I was seated. He tapped the kid across from me with his tray and said, Move down. The one he tapped seemed solid and strong also, yet he hesitated. A second of hesitation in a place like this causes a man to lose ground, but he flipped it. He stood up and ordered all the guys seated next to him to move over one, just to show he wasn't the low man in the crew. Each man shifted. Now, Deshaun was seated at the top of the table, top of the table directly across from me. Yo, move up, he called his man from the other end of the table, who he had been seated with to come over. This shit was reminding me of the gangster musical chairs in East New York at the party where Amir was the DJ. Sit right here, he told his man in a respectful tone as he stabbed his plastic fork into his powdered eggs. All inmates' utensils were small and made of plastic. All eggs were powdered. Most meat was meat-looking, but was made from soy. This is my man, Ramel, a.k.a. Slaughter, Deshaun introduced us. I seen your face in the East before, he told me. His head was tilted as though he believed someone could read his lips, and he was preventing that from happening. You rock with that kid named DJ Romeo Red. You Romeo Black, he said. Like I was hood famous. Word, I remember that was the last summer jam I went to before coming up here to Rikers, Florida said. Romeo Black, 
Deshaun repeated. He knew that wasn't my name. A Brooklyn brawler. Brownsville breed. And a ladies' man, Deshaun added as he downed his half a cup of sugared apple juice. It was the same apple juice each of us had on our tray. It was small and just enough to wash down a spoonful of powdered egg or a piece of hard bread that somehow got stuck in your throat. It was not enough to nourish any growing young man, but I didn't expect anything good, and no one should expect good food to come out of a place where there is no love, no relation, and no concern. My sippy cup of apple juice remained unopened on my tray. When anyone consumes a sugared drink, the result is an increased thirst and a deep de- and a deep dissatisfaction, so I don't touch it. Romeo Black. Hmm. That's better than little man. That's what Daquan used to call him. Deshaun said to his man Slaughter, as all eyes at the table hung on his every word, I looked at him hard, so he would get the message to shut the fuck up. I know having five brothers up here pushed his weight up like crazy and that he would be reminding his crew all the time that he had brothers as a means of keeping them in check and bigging himself up but still all the more reason he should know that this isn't the place for any man to be providing information on the next man to the next man his eyes acknowledged then he said you know my name and my man Slaughter right here. Let me introduce you to all the M3s. M3s, I repeated. Murder, mayhem, and money. That's us right here, he pointed with his head. You sat at our table. Word on the streets is, you caught a murder charge. So, you down with us. Then he recited the names of the youth at the table. Starting right here at the top, Deshaun said in a lower voice. He spoke always at a confidential volume. I'm Deshaun. You met my man Slaughter. This nigga right here is named Bobby, a.k.a. Ransom. Next to him is our man Craig, a.k.a. Ambush. And then that nigga Doug, a.k.a. Ditch, is in the greens because he's been sentenced and about to go up north. Next to him is a very serious brother from the hook. His name is Nino, a.k.a. Narcotic. Coming up on your side is my man, yes, yes, y'all. He's a funny dude when you get to know him. Classic case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But now that he's down with the M3s, he's in the right place at the right time. My nigga Paul, a.k.a. One Punch. The God Jamar the god imperial the god mathematics and puerto rican paco this my man romeo black but you can just call him black fuck romeo because this place ain't no place for lovers they all laughed i nodded seriously though he did three in the box just like all of us i got him and now we family he announced come closer deshaun said to everybody at the table they listened up but there was no way we could get any closer. From now on, me and my man Black head the table. We keep the seating arrangement like it is today, every day, till all of us get cut loose or sent up north. 
And as for that nigga Rory and I was doing the one talking all that shit last night, the same one who did less than a month in the box, although he was in the same fight we was all in that day. Tonight, we gonna roll him. Teach him how to keep his mouth shut and stay in his lane. After we take care of that, he gonna be known as Rory Short Story. He thought he could step into the power position while we was all locked down in the box. Deshaun plotted. In class, I'm down to study, but my mind was studying something different than what was on the blackboard. I was pressing names into my head and matching them with faces. I was scanning numbers on chests and watching seating arrangements, signals, and gestures. I was in the same frame of mind I was in years ago when I first arrived to the projects. Same thing, I thought to myself. A man has to learn his surroundings swiftly. A man has to study character and characteristics and names and faces and scars and jewels and kicks who's who knowing the answer to that question is the strategy and solution to survival and of course a man can only know who's who and what's what by studying and watching over time all of these youth I faced were going to say who they are then show who they are through word and deed I hear what they say it's important for me to hear because then I'd know how they want to be perceived how they see themselves and what they want me to think about them but I would decide in each case who's who and what's what through my own observances of their actions GED vocabulary top 10 words of the day were listed on the board beneath the name of the teacher Stephen Mack and the date I was tight that the date was on the board didn't like being reminded of time worse than that the blackboard was lodged in the wall beneath a huge clock allude aptitude attitude avarice broker condescend Cower, dominant, longitude, mandatory, moot, and opulent. The GED words were easy and familiar, unlike the SAT vocabulary words I had already begun studying in the box. You know the drill, gentlemen, Teacher Max said. All of these words have to be used in complete sentences that reveal that you know and understand the definition. He said, but the class of 30 black male youth was silent. Who wants to volunteer to go first, he asked. No one answered. As usual then, when I point to you, choose any word and use it in a complete sentence. And if you are correct, we move on to the next gentleman. Teacher Mack pointed to a youth up front. It was Imperial from the M3s. He sighed, leaned back, and stretched out his legs. I'm dominant, he said. The class let out muffled laughter. That doesn't reveal to me that you understand the definition of the word, Teacher Max said. It's a sentence, 
a subject and a verb. That's what you said a few months ago. He stared at the teacher. Try to use the word dominant in another sentence that reveals that you know the meaning of the word, the teacher pressed. Everybody in here know the meaning of the word dominant. Everybody in here know what I meant in my sentence. Everybody except you. Problem is, Mr. Mac don't know the longitude of your aptitude, so he got an attitude. Yes, yes, y'all said, and everybody cracked up. Good, 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 I like that. Teacher Mac said, breaking up the tension. Then he pointed to Doug Ditch. He started drumming on the table and rhyming. Let me tell you a little story about a bitch I know. If you thinking what I'm thinking, you know she a hoe. The bitch look good, pretty and clean, sexiest young thing you ever seen. I pushed up on her and turned on my charm. Knew I'ma look good with that bitch on my arm. She smiled like she liked me and agreed with my talk. She laughed at my jokes and said she liked how I walked. She was my girl and I was her man. So why that bitch had my brother's eh in her hand? Bitch said she was sorry, liked him all along. Said she didn't mean to use me, knew she was wrong. Said she liked him better, he was older and bolder. More money in his pockets and his style was much colder. Bitch said yes to me so she could get closer. To my brother, he treated her foul, fucked it and beat her. Said she wasn't worth shit, but bitch could suck up a t- He heard that real bad, so I went and I got him. He's my brother, my blood, but worth a mother, I shot him. Now we both locked up. I'm thinking, what the fuck is it? The bitch that I love, she only pays him a visit. Bitch puts money on his books, buys him clothes and kicks. I'm in the green jumper. Bitch didn't bring me shit. Called the collect, the bitch just hangs up. Now I'm feeling like my brother and want to F the bitch up. Smack her around and put my bat in her bat. I know one thing that's truer than true. Don't be nice to a bitch. Fuss and fight for a bitch. Bitch, 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 bitch. Won't love you if you do. Dudes were stomping their feet, clapping and cheering for Ditch's performance. Mr. Mac interrupted. I like your enthusiasm, he said to Ditch. I even like your creative approach. But what does your storytelling have to do with the assignment? You didn't use the vocabulary words in your rhyme. What my man Ditch was alluding to, Mr. Mac, was that the bitch was full of avarice. She didn't appreciate my hard-working man here because he used to dig ditches at the graveyard for an honest living. She tried to broker a deal with his brother because she loved that street hustle. My man Ditch here didn't have the aptitude to realize that most of these bitches love money over love and they respect a thorough smackdown from time to time. Nami? Yes, yes, y'all said. In defense of women, Mr. Max said, time's up and it is mandatory that we travel to the next class. Yes, yes, y'all said. And everybody got up and walked out on his command. Write down 
your vocabulary word sentences and bring it in your notebooks tomorrow, Mr. Mack shouted. Lunch lineup after completing two morning classes and the count. I chose a table and sat. Two quiet cats who looked like they were from a Spanish-speaking country, maybe Nicaragua, Guatemala, or El Salvador, walked up, looked at me, and sat down. I had peeped these two earlier, liked how they didn't do too much talking, figured they didn't speak English too comfortably, and preferred to stay to themselves. I checked how during dorm time and downtime, they stayed squatted low instead of standing, lying down or sitting in chairs. Their silence and manner reminded me of my martial arts training and the martial arts frame of mind. I nodded my greeting. They each nodded back. We three were eating. Deshaun walked up, looked at the two cats. They stopped eating and started staring back at Deshaun, whose crew strolled up behind him. The two cats got up and moved tables. Deshaun dropped his tray across from mine. His M3s sat in the same order they had at breakfast this morning, after the musical chairs without the music and the DJ, even though this was not the same M3 table. Same as it ever was, Deshaun said to me. I didn't say nothing back. You always was a quiet type of dude. Mind your business, move alone, separate from the block. But that ain't how it is up in here, he said, staring down at his food and eating. Quan told me to hold you down. That means I'm going to do that. My whole crew is going to do that because Quan said so. I didn't ask you to look out for me, but you did. I know you didn't do it for me. You did it for Quan, but that's cool. You and him had that kind of relationship, Jason. Dejan said in his confidential tones. The CEO was focused on us. Maybe he was studying the movement of the inmates the same way I was. I didn't expect Deshaun to follow me to a new table. Not when he had just said this morning that the other table was the M3 table. Now I knew the young murder mayhem and money crew in the adolescent lockup had decided to gang me up whether I wanted it or not. I wasn't going to stress over it. Why should I? I moved. They followed me. In the day room where there were two televisions and one payphone, I was seated with my back up against the wall, calculating and writing out the answers to the math problems we were given in the second class before lunch. Same as the English GED class, the math assignment was elementary. It was long division, and the teacher wanted us to show our work, even though it was much easier for me to do the calculations in my head and come up with a swift and accurate answer. Don't sit there, Deshaun said to me. I looked up from my paper. If you sit beside the phone, these other dudes are going to be scared to step up and use it. I looked around. Across the room was a small huddle of boys, that were looking towards our direction. I figured they were the ones scared to walk over and use the phone. That's M3 clout. You sitting there, you M3, they figure you about to use it. All they can do in that case is wait. 
we run the house. We run the phones, the television, the whole day room, the dorm, and we run the yard, he said, giving me a firm look. If they scared to step up and use the phone, then they shouldn't use it, I said. That's cold-blooded, Deshaun said. Tell him to step up then, I said. Ma, 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 will you listen? Could you be quiet for a minute? Why you keep talking? I already know that. I already said that. That's not what I said. I told you to bring me the high tops. But the ones you bought was bootleg. I told you where to go. You can't buy them on the sidewalk. You got to go to the store like I said. See, that's why you fucked up. Because you don't listen. You still talking, he hung up. Damn, bitch never shuts the fuck up. He picked up the phone and banged it up against the wall. A next kid stepped up. Ma, yes, I know. I'm sorry for calling collect again. But what can I do? Did you talk to the lawyer? How much? He's crazy. But did you get the money? Did you ask Vinny? Uh, how about Steph? Did you ask her? I told you Tony owes me that cash. Did you go by his apartment? How's work? Did you walk my dog? I know, Ma. I know you love me. I love you too. Then he whispered. But please hurry. He hung up. Another kid stepped up. Mama, put Josie on the phone quick. She ain't there. Where she at? told that bitch I was going to call and I told her what time. Did she come home last night? You saw her? Was she wearing that bracelet I gave her? She did. I told her to point it. What about Ralph? You seen him around the building? Did he come by and check on you? Have you seen Josie talking to Ralph out on the bench or something? You did. Tell her I said she better bring her ass up here for visitation tomorrow. If she don't come, just take back my key and throw that bitch out. Keep her out of my bedroom, okay? Aye, thanks, Ma. He hung up. Mommy, that's not what happened. Are you going to talk or am I going to talk? It's your money. You decide. Tell him I was in the car, but I ain't know nothing. I didn't know what they was up to. How do you know he's not going to believe that? You always have something negative to say. So what? I did it once. That doesn't mean I did it this time. You should trust me. No, I ain't seen him. No, I ain't seen him either. Why are you always asking about them? You should be worried about me. So what? We related. And here is every man for himself. Do you remember what I told you to say? No, I'm not. Nah, no quiero ir ahora. He hung up. Next cat strolled up nervously. Take the call. Take the call. Take the call, bitch. Take the call. He hung up. Give Marla the phone. I told you, stop letting her answer our phone. You pick up. The bitch thinks she's the man of the house. I'm the man of the house. 
how's she gonna tell you you can't work at the club because she's jealous of other bitches who like you you gotta get that money she lucky I'm letting her get you she just a freaking stand in till I get back she trying to fuck up the money so I can't come home no she can stay as long as you work at the club listen to me don't listen to her no D's in my apartment with my woman only dykes and I'm the only D you got it hi it's me I know you know my voice (laughs) it's still the same there's nothing you can do about it you can't control them from there it only matters who's in here at the time I'm trying but I already told you how it is you know the ones just take care of yourself I'm not gonna offer them that they're not good guys I told you ma I'm the only good guy and I'm the only one who really loves you who's that tell me the truth why did you let him back in you always do that I'm hanging up Leviticus said he left with his head hanging low realizing that I should have gotten up and moved like Deshaun had suggested I did the last caller before I walked away didn't say one word once his call connected he just breathed and exhaled and cried maybe he spoke up after I left I don't know He had a Muslim name. It caught my attention, but didn't cause me any form of instant respect for him. A lot of African Americans have Muslim names that hold no real meaning, are not even the names of their fathers, and are not an indication that they have a faith or awareness of any kind. He was the teacher for the afternoon GED, history class, Kareem Ali. Roots of revolution, he wrote on the board. Let's review. For the 11 brothers who just returned to the class after being isolated for a few months. And three completely new faces that have joined in. Peace and greetings, first of all. And welcome back to some and welcome to others, he said. Of course, I took note that he called us brothers, not ladies or inmates or prisoners. He greeted us as though we had come to class voluntarily. He welcomed us instead of showcasing his false confidence, which I thought was natural and normal for the men who are most afraid, especially the COs. Emilio, Let the brothers know what revolution we are discussing, Teacher Ali said to a seated student. The American Revolution, Emilio answered. I realize now he was calling each male inmate by his given name. But the conditions for revolution can be the same in any land, the teacher stated and asked. Word, wherever things is fucked up, the condition for revolution exists. One student answered, Fucked up? 
who can use a better, more detailed explanation than the words fucked up to be sure all of my students understand? There was a murmur of laughter. I thought it was good and unique the way he didn't knock the youth for saying fucked up, but challenged us to choose other words. I like words, the way they are spoken, the manner in which they are used, and even the way they are heard and interpreted. Mathematics answered, fucked up is like when we standing down in front of the building that we living in, and the cops come rolling up and asking us questions and telling us to turn our music down or off, then making us put our hands on the police car and searching us for no reason except because they want to. Even more fucked up is when they order us to lay face down on the ground or take the money in our pockets just because they'd rather have it, even though they didn't earn it. That's that fucked up shit. Does everybody understand, the teacher asked. The class broke out in reserved laughter. Who gonna understand fucked up better than us, Imperial asked. And the seriousness returned swiftly. Fucked up is being in the box through the summer months, feeling like your body is a piece of pork sizzling on a grill. Can't hardly breathe, can't hardly think, can't hardly move. Can't get no visits from your old earth or your wisdom, Jamar added. How can we describe that condition that that last, that the last three students spoke about? Condense it into a simple, short sentence that every brother can understand. A complete loss of freedom and control over your life, I answered. Beautiful, Teacher Ali remarked. That's it. The brother hit the nail on the head. In the American Revolution, who was the enemy? Teacher Ali questioned. The British Empire, their army of soldiers, a student answered. And who were the victims? Teacher Ali asked. The Americans, also known as the colonists, another student replied. And what were the specific conditions? Teacher Ali asked. The class fell quiet. What were the roots of the American colonists' complaints? Strangers in the the house, Leviticus said oddly. Break it down for us, Leviticus, teacher Ali pressed. The British government took advantage because they had the power and the weapons. They would send soldiers out to certain areas and force the people to allow the soldiers to stay in their private houses, even though the people didn't know the soldiers, didn't invite them in, and didn't want them there, Leviticus explained. Very good. Is that justified? Is it okay to force your way into another man's home and to take lodging in there? Teacher Ali asked. Hell no. He coming to my house uninvited. He gonna get blown back out the door, Slaughter said. Word. Let him try and eat my meat, put his legs up on my chair, or put his hands on my mother, Craig Ambush said. And his words unleashed a chorus of grunts. That's when there's gonna be some bodies, some hostages, and shit like what we locked up in here for the first place. Bobby Ransom said. Well, hold up. Are the roots of the American Revolution the same roots as the conditions 
you students have described as being fucked up in your neighborhoods? Teacher Ali asked, peering into each student's eyes one by one. It was silent in the room. Hell yeah, it's the same, Nino Narcotic said. The cops be rushing up into our apartments, breaking down doors, destroying all our property, stealing our stash, cuffing us up, executing some of us, roughing up our moms, disrespecting our sisters. That's the same thing, he said. The class nodded, and some clapped two claps in agreement. So, you are claiming that the cops are the same as the British soldiers, and you are the same as the revolutionaries, Teacher Ali asked. By the way, what is a revolutionary? Could a man claim to be a revolutionary when, if the cops weren't disrespecting the people, your mama and sisters, you yourself would be doing it? Is there any standard or firm definition for what a revolutionary man should and should not do? A revolutionary is the man who gets the gun into the hands of the people so they can fire back and eliminate their enemies, Deshaun said. What if I accepted your definition, Deshaun? If the people in your neighborhood were all given guns to eliminate their enemies, who would they murder? Would it be the British soldiers, a.k.a. the police? Or would they rob, rape, and murder one another? And what is revolution really about? Is revolution the same thing as murder? And if enough people are murdered, would that mean the revolution was successful? He looked around again. That's the assignment. Think about the American Revolution and the roots and conditions that caused it and compare it to your own lives and actions. And let's discuss it further tomorrow. There's no writing assignment on this topic for now. I'll give you a study sheet with the conditions for the American Revolution outlined on it. Make sure you read it. If you can't read, Ask one of the brothers here to read it to you and be sure to sign up for the reading course so you can learn to read. You know who you are. Take it seriously. Walking to the right of the line down the corridor, I don't know why, but every time I go to Ali's class, I get heated and want to hurt something, Deshaun said. I was quiet and thinking. Teacher Ali was skillful with his words. He spoke them calmly, but they had a force behind them. I was weighing it out. What was that force behind his words? I had felt that kind of force before, but was it politics or was it Islam? A lot of African Americans talking politics say that it is the same as Islam and the people take them for Muslims but politics is not the criteria for Islam. Islam is a straight path that is clear, that sets limits, guidelines and requirements for the believers. Strong talk without prayer is not Islam in my opinion. Heated truths 
without submission to Allah is not Islam. Even men who are legitimate victims of injustices, who do not humble themselves and restrain from the forbidden, are not Islamic, not striving, and not Muslim, in my opinion. But I know it is not my place to say who is and who is not Muslim. It is my place, though, to make these judgments within myself so I can navigate myself around properly as a man. On the yard, I'm facing the sky. Got my Jordans on my feet. I'm breathing in the open air, completely different than the stagnant air of confined men. Breathing first, then working out. That's the plan. Never thought I'd see you in here, Leviticus walked up. You was like my hero a couple of years back. I didn't respond. I used to wish your mother was my mother, he said, and I dropped him. Dinner. I chose a new table, sat, and began eating. Deshaun walked up seconds later and sat across from me. Two Jamaicans rolled up, looked around like they was reminding themselves that it was their table. Deshaun's M3s rolled up behind them. More Jamaicans rolled up behind Deshaun's crew. They were all standing with their trays, except Deshaun and me. Deshaun didn't turn or say nothing. The Jamaicans fell back. The M3s filed in and sat in the same order that they sat, no matter which table. The kid you knocked out on the yard, you don't get no points for that. He's sweet meat, Deshaun said. You remember him from the block? You might not remember him. I know you remember his mom's. She was the stunt that was fucking with Mighty. Now Mighty upstate at Clinton. She works for us. His mom's, I asked automatically when usually I wouldn't. Yeah, we told her we was going to turn her son into her daughter. Now she's a mule. Carries in our packages during visits. That kid's so soft and so dumb. He don't even know his mom's visits a bunch of us up in here. I can get you whatever you need. Just say it. She's only one of our mules. We run this money thing up in here, he said confidentially. Dude was already a girl anyway. Daquan once caught him on the steps with Lance's in his mouth. You remember Lance, right? He said without making eye contact with me. Ha, if you don't remember him, I'm sure he remembers you. See what I mean? Leviticus and you is opposites. He had Lance's in his mouth, and you had your nine in Lance's mouth. As I got ready to raise up, Deshaun said to me, There's no secrets up in here. We know who's constipated, who got diarrhea, who sucks, and who wah, wah, no matter if it's an inmate or a CO. We know what products come in, which ones are going out, and which COs are on our payroll, and which COs know how to look the other way. And here, there's no secrets, just men powerful enough or who got people and allies who are powerful enough to make men do whatever they want, whenever they want it done, keep their mouths shut and mind their motherfucking business. Lights out. And I was sitting on my cot, deep in thought 
about new words I had learned, things I had experienced in one day, not as an isolated man, but as someone mixed into a strange environment. It was like the atmosphere of my Brooklyn block, but just that one block, I couldn't walk off and into a whole wide world or learn and build anything elsewhere. I couldn't converse with anyone who had ever traveled off the block or recline or interact with friends a few train stops away. I had to deal with and face the team that I wasn't interested in being on or contributing to or talking with or fighting for. In a full day of no prayer, a wide range of topics I didn't normally consider were racing through my head at the same time, like revolution and American history. Then there were the familiar thoughts about good and evil, right and wrong. Suddenly, I heard the movement. Rory got rolled, literally. Bobby Ransom pushed him off his bed and into a sheet held by Paul One Punch and Imperial. The white sheet rolled tight around his body, turned bloody red as Slaughter and Deshaun stabbed him up with sharpened wooden popsicle sticks from the dinner 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 dessert. I'm sure everybody saw what happened. Rory's short story was either too hurt or too embarrassed or too frightened to try to fight back or get up. No one helped him either. Either it was because the inmates had hated him already and wanted to see him suffer or because they were paralyzed by their fear of helping out someone the M3s pegged as a snitch. The ones who were supposed to help Rory, the inmate, didn't see what they get paid to see and not ignore. His body was lying there for almost an hour before the CO discovered and rescued and then moved him to the infirmary. Once the body in the bloody sheet was cleared away, every youth who pretended to be asleep was wide-eyed and checking out three photos that were circulating around the room. All three were individual shots of girls our age in their tiny panties, ass cheeks facing the camera and a profile peak of their face and one breast. We gonna get up a game of hoops on the yard in a couple of days give y'all some time to get ready top three scores on the winning or losing team gets a visit from one of these three highest score gets first pick and one option narcotic announced the inmates were low-key on the offer but steady passing around the photos you gotta tell them that none of these girls is your girls otherwise they're gonna be scared to fuck with them even though you offering Deshaun said to nino Nah, 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 none of these is my girls. They just some good-looking, bored hood chicks looking for some live niggas to talk to. They'll come up one time for the three high scores of the game. If they like you, you got the option to see them again. Nino's laid-back explanation broke the ice, and cats started looking eager about the possibilities. It's a friendly service, I provide, Nino added, to keep the peace. A mule is the offspring of a horse and a donkey fucking. A mule 
is a strong-bodied animal shaped like a horse. And of course, a donkey is a jackass. Deshaun said that Leviticus's mother is just one of his mules, carrying whatever you need in and out of Rikers. In my estimation, the three fuckable hood girls in the photos were part of Nino's stable. Winning a date with them was a setup for some gullible inmates who probably never got visits from pretty girls our age. Next thing you know, the gullible ones are caught up in the network, pawns in the M3's import-export game. Whatever the case, I was sorting out my thoughts and my movements from here forward. I knew my actions, reactions, or even inactions and any and all of my choices and decisions in this particular circumstance would tell and show me and anybody watching who I am.